My next guest was of Charlotte Rennick. Charlotte is the Associate Director at Leeds Beckett University of Student and Marketing Recruitment. We spoke all things graduate recruitment and Charlotte opened my eyes to what's involved within the marketing funnel from student recruitment to how we can help students once they start their careers. It was a great chat and she's an insightful person to talk to. I hope you enjoy. Charlotte, thank you very much for taking your time today. Uh, sat here in Leeds Beckett, old stomping ground. It's quite uh, strange to be back, actually. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And we're, you know what? I think we're actually sat in the room that I was interviewed in for my current job. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's definitely nicer to be in here and not being interviewed for yeah. my job. I'm hoping this is going to be a much more relaxing yeah, experience. No one enjoys that. interviews, to be fair. They are, they are not nice, are they, really? Um, I guess we'll jump straight in um, with like a summary of who you are, maybe outline your career over the last, say, 15 years or so. Just a yeah, quick sure. summary. Um, so I came to uh, Leeds Met, as it was then, and, and did a degree in public relations. And... Um, I was very fortunate that the course involved a lot of practical work and a placement year, mm. which was really great. And um, after graduating, I went into um, sort of PR and marketing agencies, which I, I kind of knew that I wanted to do because I felt that was the right place to start your career because yeah. there's so much to learn from. There's a lot of experts in one place. And I just thought that would give me a really good grounding. So I started out in an agency that did a lot of work for... Um, NHS Trust, hospitals, amongst other things, and we did a lot of crisis PR. So that was a really exciting first job because I might get a call from a national media title about some scandal that had happened at a hospital or, you know, something really, really kind of big that had happened. Um, So I really, really enjoyed that and I became quite passionate about representing the people that worked in the NHS and trying to get them a fair hearing in the media. Um, Then I moved to another agency um, in Leeds, quite a big agency, and worked for all sorts of clients, everything from sort of food and drink to tourism bodies, all all sorts. And again, absolutely loved every minute of it. Very hard work, but really, (laughs) really loved it. And I think I always knew that once I got enough of a grounding in agencies and learnt an awful lot, that I wanted to go and work in-house for an organisation. I thought maybe it might be the NHS... Um, but it's ended up being universities. I, I wanted to be in an organisation that, that was making a really positive difference yeah. in some sort of way. Um, and actually universities are probably better suited to me than the NHS because I'm quite competitive. <laughs> Most people would say <laughs> I'm good, very though. competitive. <laughs> and um, in universities, you have, as a marketeer, you have a dual role. You're, you're there to support people in making the right decision. You have a real public good um, element to your role but you are also in competition yeah. with lo- all the other universities yeah. and it's a massively crowded market there's I think 450 institutions offering higher education in the UK alone mm-hmm. so marketing you do have to be quite sophisticated in what you do as well and that combination I think is a real yeah. honour so I went to the University of Bradford initially um, did that for five years and then I moved back to Leeds Beckett um, seven years ago and um, 
last year completed a part-time MBA Saw as that, well. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> it was it was really fun until um, we I had to combine that with uh, lockdown, homeschooling, um, you know, having to take all of our uh, direct recruitment activities and overnight make them work virtually. Yeah. So it it wasn't that fun at that Handful. point. <laughs> <laughs> but I was determined to finish it and uh, finish it I did. So yeah, that's kind of where I am today. You said obviously that agency side of things and you know the working in the house part. Do you think there's a big difference between the two, or do you reckon they're quite are they quite similar? I think it it probably depends on the type of organisation and the yeah. sector, but I think they are very different, really. Uh, the the upside of an agency is, you know, there's a real cut and thrust and an immediacy, yeah. which is really invigorating, um, but also can be quite stressful. Yes. And you know everybody in an agency is there as a as an expert at, in ten, uh, for one or, or more kind of disciplines. Mm-hmm. So you have this huge pool of expertise to tap into, um, but your input as an agency is is quite short lived. So you might come along and achieve a particular objective for your mm-hmm. client, but it also always appealed to me to sort of live and breathe one organization as well and be there for all of the twists and the turns and and be more involved in the decisions that would then brief an agency yeah. around well this is our strategic objective can you help us achieve that and i definitely feel that having worked in an agency or multiple agencies for quite a long time makes you a much better client yeah much better <laughs> client and you know when i when i was in an agency sometimes you sit by and think why are they saying that? Why are they making that decision? This would be the optimal thing to do. And also they're not telling us anything. You know, we haven't got enough information. We could do an immensely better job if we had a lot more insight that they hold. And when you when you then come into working in-house, you kind of think, oh, okay, now I get it. Because actually, even though your job is marketing you've got loads of other hats that you wear as well like I might be helping out with graduation or helping out with an open day or you know just something strategic for the university as a whole you know our response to GDPR and not very interesting but really (laughs) really important (laughs) no it is it's super important so you have all these different hats and I think if you've worked in both agency and in-house whichever direction you've gone in I think it's really, really beneficial, really beneficial. Sometimes. Yeah, I've had some horror stories about, you know, cause there's always those jokes on LinkedIn about client briefs and they want this and this is how they want it and this is the budget and it's yeah. like, it's a night, it can be an absolute nightmare. I've, I've not personally experienced it. I've worked in a few, like did a few internships within agencies who were in Leeds and I think I was, I was like the baby of the group so they didn't give me too much responsibility. But uh, yeah, I've heard some uh, some stories before. <laughs> it can be quite interesting. But again, it keeps you on your feet and I think especially for a competitive market, like if you're a competitive person, like working in a small agency, you get, you're always on hand as well. As maybe opposed to like a corporate, uh, big corporate or something like that, where you have like your own on, like one task to do, I suppose. But um, now it is interesting. I think there is a big, there is a big difference between, you know, like you said, agency and in-house. Um, you mentioned obviously going to university, uh, at least Beckett, uh, same as me. It's a great uni. Uh, and obviously a master's here as well. Um, do you think, do you, well, do you think that you know this helped you in your marketing career? You are where you are today. Do you think it like shaped yeah, you? Yes, de- definitely, yeah. definitely. And you know, I think universities get quite a bad press, really. Um, I mean, I, I left home when I was 
16, I was just turning 17, and um, I, I was still determined to go to go to university despite that kind of change in, in circumstance. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, the things that I learn in my degree, I don't actually use in my current job. Yeah. And I think what they might mean by that is, let's say, I don't know, I did a marketing degree and now I'm a project manager in an architect's firm. Mm. So I'm not using that. And I, and I think what people forget about university, and I th for those of us that are lucky enough to have been, if we try and think ours of ourselves before we started, and then we think of ourselves as a whole when we finished, we're very different yeah. people. We're very different people. We're more confident. We're able to kind of question and challenge and interrogate things. We've had our eyes opened to different sectors and, and different employers. Yes, it's true that some careers you can do without a degree, but how, how are you gonna get there if you haven't got this team of people whilst you're at university, you know, helping you with your employability skills, you know, sort of talking to you about the different sectors that you could go in. How are you going to get there? And it is, it, you know, university does something really, really special. So for me, going to university absolutely has been why I've been able to have a successful career. Yeah. I wouldn't have left Derby without it. I was the first person to go in my family to go to university. I am still the first person, but that will change when my daughter goes nice, to university yeah. next um, September. Um, the first person to leave Derby, and you know, I think they still sort of wonder why why I did that, but. You know, I got a huge amount of kind of personal growth from, from going to university. And I got a huge amount from moving away from the city that I grew up in and just broadening my horizons. Yeah. And I think those things are also an important part of university. I was going to say, I think it's like opportunity as well. Like you said about um, like jobs for like students or stuff like that. I mean, I think, I think I've got about two jobs through, I think through Leeds Beckett's. Um, obviously they've got their, uh, what's the word? Like engagement or career, yeah. Uh, like I think it's on the first floor, isn't it? On yeah, the, the hub. Yeah. yeah, the hub. Sorry, that's the word. Um, I got like two of my internships uh, through that, just like on the side. I was obviously in final year, um, and I'm obviously I learned. It might have just been a couple of months, uh, but you know, went to interviews like for jobs, and you can talk about that experience. And I think it's just maturity as well, mm. and like opportunity before you know. It's also you know what you said like what you want to do when you go to university it helps you decide, but it also helps you decide what you don't want to do as yeah. well. So you know. I mean, I think when I, obviously I went to Bradford, I actually went to Bradford Uni uh, for a year to do financial planning. Nine grand mistake, but you know, like, but to be fair, there was a marketing course on it. And that's why I went to Leeds Beckett because I knew I didn't want to do the financial side, but there was a marketing mm. module, which obviously I excelled at, which I knew then was the reason I could do marketing. And without going to Bradford for a year and, you know, dis discovering that myself, I could be doing, I could be doing anything right now. So I think it's just And you could be in finance. You could have done yeah. a, a sort of yeah, um, that's true, yeah. training program yeah. for finance and you could have got sort of 10 years into your career and then gone, I hate this. Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. It's <laughs> like, it's like you could do all these paths. It's like, but then are you happy? And like, I know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the, a marketing expert or anything like that. And I don't, hopefully no one quotes you on this, but I think it's just one of those, one of those things where, yeah, it does lead to opportunity as well. And, you know, and you make friends as well. And it's just maturity and, I think you know there's some people who I've spoke to. I think I think the last guy, I think it was Robin, who I had a couple of months ago. He said he's still he's in his fifties. I think. I hope if he's if he's younger, I'm sorry, Robin, if you're listening. <laughs> but he looks but, twenty five. He does look twenty. Yeah, he looks twenty. <laughs> he looks twenty. Yeah, today, eighteen years old. Uh, but he he said he's still friends. with his friends from university, uh, and he, they see each other like every month. And I think it's just nice things like that as well. So 
as long as you get a degree, but you get a lot of other things out of it as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of obviously university, but I suppose like marketing students, do you think, for, I suppose it's obviously thoughts university, but why is it important for people saying marketing to go to university? Because I know a lot of people have said, especially said to me where, you know, you didn't have to go to uni to go to do marketing. You could have just gone to an agency and, you know, worked your way up over time. I think they say some, like, some degrees lend themselves well, uh, like, you know, like medicine or accountancy and stuff mm. like that. But do you think there's a uh, importance for, you know, marketers to, if they, you know, if someone wants to go study marketing, is there, you know, importance for them to do that? I think having a business degree is definitely helpful yeah. if you want to go into marketing or... Um, a degree in communication, something like that. Okay. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be marketing, but okay. I think it, it, it's helpful if it's in that field. I'm not sure how many even entry-level jobs are open to people who don't have a degree. You probably do need it for a lot of them. But also, you know, I mean, I'm very lucky to have interviewed hundreds of people over the course of my, the, the 20, 20, <laughs> 20 years I've been working. And what university graduates bring is experience as well as their education because I mean my degree at Leeds met as it was then Leeds Beckett now the most important thing was lots and lots of the assessment was work that I'd gone out and done for real organizations and when I've you know got a stack of CVs and job applications to look at I do want to see that they've done a degree because I want to know they've got that kind of critical thinking yeah. you know they've, they've got a sort of level of writing that I'm looking for but I'm also looking what have they done and I really want to see people who've done um, you know placements and work experience and I think getting the right work experience usually comes from the contacts that a university yeah. can give you you know how do you find those and, and you know if you're particularly if you're from a family where you know you don't have people in the related professions so you don't have any personal contacts really university gives you those those kind of steps through the yeah. door and I don't know how you would necessarily do that a lot of the time without it it's not for everybody that no, are no. other routes but I think most of us that have been to university will say it has given you know it's opened so many doors and I, and I sort of used to say um, a few years ago when you know I talked about um, my career sometimes at open days to people I genuinely believe that I, I'm 10 years ahead of where I would have been if I'd done a very theoretical degree versus a very practical degree at a modern yeah. university because I already had a very healthy CV of actual work I'd done for companies just as part of my course yeah. and part of the kind of um, ethos of the university. So I do think that stuff's really important. I mean, you just answered my next question as well about obviously internships and work experience. And I think... I mean, you'd obviously agree there is a super, you know, there is a big importance on doing like internships or like even if just like I've had people say, you know, even if just work for free for two weeks in summer and you never know that, you know, in five years time they'll remember you and you might, you know, get a paid paid job for it. But do you think obviously, you know, internships for you know, students are, you know, it's, it's paramount, obviously while you're studying? I think getting experience is yeah. really important. I think I don't, I do have a bit of an issue with unpaid internships. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, um, not everybody has a family to fall back on. Not everybody has a family who can afford to, you know, subsidise. So, you know, we certainly believe as a university that interns should be paid. But there are lots of different things that you can do. I think something that's changed from when I was a student is, you know, you can publish your own blogs, you can create your own videos. There's an awful lot that you can do. So 
even if you haven't got the opportunity to to do something formal you can just work kind of um, and create some stuff for an organization or a brand that you're passionate about that will show what how you would interpret it and you may get kind of communication with with the organization and you may not but I think there are more opportunities now for people to show what they're capable of um, even if um, there isn't an internship that that's available yeah I think like you said about um, content like you know you've got YouTube TikTok uh, I mean social media is absolutely buzzing with you know I mean I'd say I'm now getting out of that age where you know I'm getting to not too old for social media but like you know you've got like 17 18 year olds creating content on TikTok and you know YouTubers are getting younger by the year so I think I think the whole you know creating content you don't have to necessarily go out and just do like a nine to five to get experience there's plenty of other ways you can do it um, and like even some of the course, obviously some of the courses we did while I was studying, we worked on brands like H&B and like Haagen-Dazs and, you know, we did like actual real life, you know, we had like real life companies come to us or to university and we actually worked on projects and stuff like that. And I've talked about those kind of things at government interviews and because they want to know you've had that kind of hands-on experience as well. Yeah. Um, and just because you're not getting paid for it doesn't mean it's not still valuable. Um, again, I suppose still talking about the career side of things, but what would like one piece of advice you'd give to say you know, someone starting out in a career like a grad who's just left? Um, is there like any one piece of advice you'd give? It's quite Am hard I question. allowed to? Yeah, you can have to. You can have to. <laughs> so um, the, f- the first is, you know, just going back to what I was saying around um, the things that are, are available now in terms of blogs, video creation, yeah. publishing your own material. That that didn't really exist when I, when I was a student. Um, there are now you know, many, many ways for you to create content and put it out there. And so you don't have to sit and wait for a formal opportunity to come your way. Do something that's going to make you stand out. I remember we um, recruited to a junior role a little while ago and um, we had an application form and a a covering letter. And one candidate had created like a little video, um, rough and ready, not polished, but that person really stood out. And, you know, there are things that you can do right now at home, in your room, that don't cost any money, that can help you stand out from the crowd. So take advantage of those opportunities because they didn't always exist. When I I was a student, I used to have to literally, I I mean, it's hilarious now. I had a a, a portfolio that was um, probably about as tall as me. And, 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 and really wide and I used to carry it around job interviews <laughs> and to show people what was inside I had to put it on the floor because it was always too big for the meeting table and then I was showing them these sort of you know <laughs> press releases and communication audits there was sort of nice little colour colours put around them I mean it was just it was heavy Man, it was madness, it was yeah. not really all that professional <laughs> I was so proud of my portfolio but it wasn't great now I could just have you know my own blog and have it's different pieces phone, of yeah. um could have all sorts uh, you don't have to carry around a very very heavy portfolio so there are platforms now you can yeah. use do something say something interesting tell people who you are um, talk about an issue that you're interested in um, do something that when you are looking to move forward or you're looking to apply, there's something just a little bit different that yeah. people can see about you. Because I think when you employ people, personality and personal skills yeah. are really important. Go a long way, don't they? I think, so yeah. take those opportunities to show you. And then the second piece of advice I would I would give people kind of starting out is be a sponge. Take in what you can from everybody you come across, even people that are doing things badly. 
my well, I was offered two uh, agency jobs in when, before I'd actually finished my degree because you know <laughs> I had all this experience, yeah. and I really made the decision based on the fact that one agency was bigger than the other, and I just wanted to have as many people to learn from as possible, and I really just watched everybody and how they operated, and and they all had something. That, that was really special. So there was somebody who was really charismatic, you know, made other people feel good about themselves, built relationships really well. And I thought, right, okay, let me try and capture some of that. There was somebody else who was really methodical and really looked at all the detail and always made something which, that was delivered on time. And I looked around me and, uh, you know, wh whatever somebody's strength was, was, I sort of captured it and thought, right, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And actually, if you, if you take the best bit of all the people around you and you, you manage to build that into how you operate, then you're going to be, you know, really, really fantastic. And even people who are doing it something badly, you know, oh, that person put, put this thing away, thing, thing across in this particular way and actually that upset this person. Why was that person upset? How could that person have said that differently? How could they have handled it differently? So just, just look around you and just take it all in and use it as you know insight to build into how you want to operate because how you operate is something that you'll take with you to any job role. You know, yeah. they, they're, they're kind of skills that will, will go with you. I like that saying, be a sponge, it's quite a <laughs> learn as much as you can, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Take it all in. Um, no, some really good points. Um, good, good advice. Um, I guess um, I'm halfway through, but I guess my next question is probably the most. I suppose it's the most important, and I always put it at the end. But I think I've always kind of slotted it in the middle now because I think it's a good one to kind of ask. But how would you define success? What's your personal definition of it? It's quite a quite a odd question, but no, I think it's a, it's a good question. I think success is. Being happy, but mm. also being in a position to help others. Yeah. One of the best parts of my, you know, working life is being able to help others develop, and that comes in all sorts of different ways. I'm helping some of my daughter's friends with their personal statements and advising them on, you know, how they can get work experience even before they start university. And you know, a couple of them said, "Why are you doing this for me?" I said, "Because, you know, because I've been there, and now I'm in a position where I've got certain." you know, certain insight, and so it's 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 really rewarding. And I've got, you know, a number of staff who've come in, you know, I've been able to see something quite special in them that they haven't yet seen in themselves. And I've sort of really championed them and invested in their training and development, and they've grown in confidence and they've progressed, you know, throughout the organization and, uh, and you know, gone, gone further and further. Um, and that's really special. So if you're happy in yourself, you're happy with what you're doing, you feel fulfilled, whatever that is, you know, and you're also able to then help others, that for me is, is definitely success. Yeah. I think, yeah, hit the nail on the head of the whole happiness part. I think that's probably one of the one thing people do brush over sometimes. I think they're so, sometimes so focused on, you know, money or, you know, And getting ahead. getting ahead. Yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily the case. No. You know, in, 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 you know, in your career, as you get further and further up the ladder, you become less and less hands-on. Yeah. And that's a decision to make. It, it, it's not necessarily the case that if you are at the very top, you'll be the happiest because you're not gonna get to do some of the day-to-day -day stuff yeah. that actually might be your favorite part of your job. So it's about finding what makes you happy. And that, that can be different things for different people. 
No, it's no, it's a good point. Uh, you actually answered my next question again about what's the favorite part of your job, and I think you've obviously answered it. You know, giving you know back to students, and um, but is there a you know fair, is that would you say that is your favorite part of your job? The it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a really key part of my job. As I said, I am quite competitive, so um, we do as a as a team. We do like to sort of try and uh, do things that are sector leading. And, and actually not just sector leading but actually beyond the higher education sector you know are, are really special so things like you know introducing AI to our website you know developing the first uh, UK university kind of offer making chatbot and 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 all the great work that we do you know that that's great and um, you know the team are really motivated and they're always pushing themselves really really hard you know I think when we went into lockdown and everyone's going to be at home I knew that the biggest challenge would be not whether you know people would be as efficient but but I know that they're going to push themselves really hard and I need to make sure that they give themselves you know cut themselves some slack yeah. because they are really motivated so really that's my job is is to you know hire the right people nurture them support them and then let them use their expertise and not you know not be into all of the detail and dictating what to do you know they are better experts at me than me at, at, at the things that they do um, and seeing what they achieve that is fantastic that's really really rewarding nice. I guess um, I suppose on the flip side is there any challenges of working in higher education oh working? yes <laughs> oh yes um, so many challenges yeah you've got to be very determined okay. you know universities we didn't start out as you know consumer brands and and you know we're not we're not here to make profits we're not traditionally set up as a you know commercially minded business and we don't want to be you know a, a, a typical commercial business because that's not our mission our mission is to you know provide fantastic education and research that will change the world for for, for the positive so there is a tension all the time between okay but we have to get a certain number of students we have to get the right students for, for the things that we offer we need to win research funding so we have to you know we have to behave in in a you know a coherent way but those two things are very often you know maybe slightly pulling in different directions and the 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 complexity of a universe i can't think of any other instance type of organization that is com as complex as a university yeah. that is trying to achieve as many different complex things um, so it is hard sometimes to get over quite a few barriers so to, to get certain systems talking to each other and you know if if you want to have a fantastic user experience from first inquiry through to uh, application enrollment student alumni it's really easy to say that, but to achieve it in a really complex organization yeah. that never started out to be a commercial business, it's it's really hard. So you have to you have to put the time into relationships, you have to put the time into um, taking people with you, you know, that from an agency, you know, when I went to an agency, um, which I, I loved working in agencies, and one of the things that I had to do was maybe in a pitch situation, I might have three uh, members of the client sat in front of me who I had to convince or if I already had a client and I needed to you know try and you know get more work from them I might have one or two people to convince yeah. 
in a university to achieve something that big that I, that I want to achieve, I might have to bring 150 people with me and they've all got a different kind of lens yeah. on things. So you, you, you have to learn how to operate in that environment and when you do achieve something transformational, you know, it's, it's, it is a very, very big achievement because it will have taken you a lot to get there. A lot of moving parts. Mm, a lot of moving parts. <laughs> I suppose it's a responsibility as well because obviously there's so many students. I mean, how many, I think that, I don't want to ask how many students are here because it's on putting on the spot of how many students are here. At oh, least well, I, I know how many Are-ja. students are here. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job to get them all here. So I know we've got about 23,000 students oh, wow. here studying in the Leeds campuses. Um, we have another thousand or so distance learning and, yeah. and, and a few few hundred around the world studying Leeds Beckett uh, programs. Um, also degree apprenticeships. We do, do quite a lot of degree apprenticeships. So we're a fairly big university. For sale or for, I mean, like, if you think about any of a organisation with, I mean, I suppose it's, you know, it's not the same, but 23, I think there's like, I don't even know how many we are, is where I work. Definitely not that many, <laughs> near that many, but it's a lot, of, a lot of people. And I suppose, again, like a lot of responsibility, so. Yeah, I think there's a responsibility in terms of we need to make sure that we have those numbers of students yeah. coming through. But I think there's also a responsibility to make sure that those students have made the right choice for them. Because yeah. that's in everybody's interests. You know, like you talked about, you initially chose finance yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't right no. for you. And actually that wasn't any good for the university that you joined because Numbers, they will have yeah. <laughs> they will have forecast you being there for three years. Know, yeah. So it is a dual responsibility. I think that what's some of one of the things that makes it interesting is you have a dual responsibility to to get underrepresented groups into university. Yeah. Um, that's really important to make sure that students are properly understanding the decision that they're making. Yeah. But also, you know, we have a we have this huge, fantastic estate, um, and it is predicated on you know continuing to be a large university. So all of those things have to be have to be balanced. Yeah, a lot of moving parts indeed. <laughs> no, no, it's it's super interesting. I guess when I was here, I don't really you don't really think about that, do you? I suppose no, when you're you a student, you just kind of think, oh yeah, good, this is my course, this is my go on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you know, then go out three to four times a week <laughs> for the first year. And I suppose, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, I can't speak for students. I guess me personally, I never really saw it like that. I always, you know, you just get given a timetable, and then you go to your classes, and you, you know, you get your degree at the end. So. Is is interesting to see the other side. I guess the flip side of the coin. Um, I guess can't, a bit off topic, but culture um, in a company. Do you think it's important, or do you reckon it's a necessity to have a good culture for a company to be, say, successful? I think culture is culture is everything. Yeah. I think it was was it Peter Drucker that said culture eat strategy for yeah. breakfast. Um, it's everything because no new initiative. Um, no new product, no new strategy can be successful if the culture doesn't support it. So culture is really, really important, but it's an incredibly difficult thing to change. You know, it's yeah. very, very hard. So, you know, I think getting that right culture and if you've got a good culture, maintaining it is really important because, like I say, it's very hard to change. University is really interesting because, um, you know, we... We need to put uh, we need to put across a coherent offer. You know, we need to put across the Leeds Beckett brand and communicate in a concise and digestible way what you get if you come to Leeds Beckett University. Um, but 
academic staff are not only part of their institutional culture, they're also part of the culture of their subject area. Mm. So, you know, they're part of the biomedical science culture. And though that's very strong for them, you know, that that's really as much of a part as their world as their current employer. So that makes for an interesting sort of mix and is important to know, you know, for me, when I want them, you know, I'm saying, please, can you come and, you know, do a um, special event about this? Can you do a blog about this? I know that, you know, 16, 17 year olds would just find that so interesting. Yeah. And and I, I have to appreciate that they are not just part of our university culture, but they're also part of their subject culture. And you've got to appreciate those two things and, and try and find the the opportunity within those. Yeah, no, I think you've uh, answered it perfectly. I think, yeah, like you said, culture is, you know, the key to a, not just like a successful company, but I guess a happy company as well. Happy, yeah. yeah. I think it's the number one question yeah. everybody should ask at an interview and try and get, try and get beyond the standard answer. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, no matter the job that you're doing, if the culture is good, you're probably going to enjoy yourself. And yeah. if the culture is bad, you are not going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, is it supportive? Are people encouraged to take risks? And, and, you know, if they achieve something, are they given the credit? And if they've taken a risk, are they supported? If it hasn't worked out, you know, are they given freedom? Are they given... One of the things that we try and do is, is diarise a couple of hours a week for just time for people to think creatively uh, and take some kind of headspace and think about any new ideas you know and, and just that alone is a signal really to say we're not just asking you to just churn out work 24 7 we know that you have something special to offer so we need to give you time to do that but yeah it, it's a really important thing for yeah. you to know am I going to enjoy the job if, it, if they've got a good culture you probably will if they've got a bad culture you definitely know, won't. No. You definitely won't. I just saw a LinkedIn poll, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where someone said, would you take, you know, like a 5% pay cut for a company with a better culture? And I think thousands of people voted on this poll. I mean, it's a LinkedIn poll. I don't know how accurate it actually is. But, you know, 50, 60% of people said they would, you know, take a pay cut for a company with definitely. a better culture where they're happier. They have, you know, especially now as well, we're obviously working at home, better life balance. And, you know, some people want to go to the office some people don't I think having that flexibility to do what you want or what works for you um, and like you know progression and like you said about headspace which I think is a really nice idea and I think especially now when we're like this you know everything's moving so quickly I think we need to have that time as well where just fitting everything in like I'm, I love working it's great I can do the washing I can cook my meals at lunch day is great but then I think back when when I first started you know a job where when did you have the time to do all these things? It's just, it's just fitting everything in, and then you're obviously using your weekends to do like your life admin, and then next thing you know, it's Monday again, and you just yeah. yeah. And I think it's just good to have a bit of a balance as well. Um, but yeah, no, perfect, perfect answer. Um, talking about grads as well, uh, do you think grads have it like graduates have it easier or harder compared to say twenty years ago? Yeah, a lot of people say it's different. I don't know. I think it is um, a little bit different, but I don't know. It's I guess it's a weird kind of a weird one to ask yeah I, I, I don't know um, I don't know the answer to that question I think that there are um, like I've said I think there are more opportunities to you know publish your own content and yeah. make yourself stand out that didn't really exist before but I also think that there's the the pressure of 
social media as a as a young person you know particularly as a teenager that didn't really exist in the same way before um and that's you know that's pretty tough i think you know I, i've certainly seen in my own my own daughter who's um nearly <laughs> nearly 18 wow how did that happen <laughs> um you know the pressure that you know i used to come home from school and didn't really like it very much but at least I could shut the door and not have to think about it until yeah. the next day and that's not the same anymore so the opportunity to publish your own content and and the social media op opportunity is very much a double-edged sword it does provide you opportunities and I would really urge young people to to take those opportunities but equally it provides a, a pressure on mental health mm -hmm. um, that, that is something that we didn't we didn't face before no, I agree. I think um, you mentioned obviously so the social media point as well. Um, and I guess I know we spoke about well, I mentioned LinkedIn. Do you think that you know students and grads having link like a LinkedIn account? Because I think I would obviously I was encouraged. Um, I think it was actually Neil. Neil Kelly told us to yeah. think, get my LinkedIn account. I think it was first year of my degree, and he said not none of us wanted to do it because we thought you know it was a waste of time, and you know we're nineteen years old and we're like we're never going to use this, and now it's my most used app, and I think. But obviously, do you think it's quite important, you know, I suppose Apple, you know, some kind of social media, do you think it's important for someone to use that, especially Yeah, I think LinkedIn's yeah. really important. And I think Neil has given you good advice yeah. because <laughs> your career, if you want to be really successful, yeah. your career starts on day one yeah. that you start university, you know, not when, not on, on the day that you leave. <laughs> so he was giving you good advice, trying to make you do it straight away because it starts to gear up your thinking you know, and you can see what other people are posting and what other people are commenting yeah. on that can help guide you is the sort of thing that you might like to put up there yourself. And I think it's quite good to have a form of social media where it is focused on your professional life. Yeah. You know, um, I think in other social media, people <laughs> are probably posting pictures that, you know, if, if you're kind of sitting <laughs> with a load of CVs and you're kind of Googling yeah. people, you really want them to be finding yeah. your LinkedIn professional I profile, agree. not, you know, here you were on Instagram <laughs> at Leeds Festival last year. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> So think, I think yeah. it's important, definitely. No, Neil's, uh, Neil's always come through with the good advice. I'm sure he'll appreciate that if he listens to this. Uh, but no, I think, yeah, you've, you're right thing. I think looking back now, I'm disappointed. Why, I mean, why would you not? It's yeah. free, it's easy. So you don't have to, to cut. Just try and remember the days in sort of, you know, 2001 when I was traipsing around with this huge, a uh, huge plastic portfolio. LinkedIn is an absolute gift. So yeah, I definitely yeah. encourage, even if you're just gonna put a few details up and watch and listen and yeah. see what people in your chosen career or sectors are talking about, because you'll get quite a lot from that, just doing it that way too. Yeah. And it's evolved a lot, obviously, in the last recent years. And you know, it's like Facebook for business and yeah. it's getting a lot more, I think there's a lot more content now that is just geared towards younger people as well. Um, but again, I suppose that links into well, we're coming to near the end, but like relationship building as well and how I think that's paramount. And I think, again, that feeds into the, the LinkedIn part of things where, you know, just adding, I think someone said like, add 10 people you think are gonna be interested in every day for uh, six months. And then after six months, you'll have, I, I can't do the maths, but it's a lot of people. And he says, mm. you know, and then when you can look for a job six months down the line, message 50 people and ask them to, you know, read your CV or anything like that, or go for a coffee. And chances are one of those 50 people are going to be interested in you. And you know, you're putting, you know, putting articles out or sharing posts, they're going to see what you're posting. And I think obviously relationship building is paramount. And I guess you'd agree 
is essential. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And actually, you know, a lot of relationship building is about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the top predictor of success. It's not IQ. You know, there are some jobs where having an insanely high IQ are great, but actually, overall, having a strong emotional intelligence is is absolutely the key. And that's about it is about relationship building and, and being able to really adjust to the individual but it's also about managing your own emotions you know I think a lot of success is achieved by what is your voice in your head telling you and everybody has an internal voice you know when you go to a job interview when you get a bit of feedback on a piece of work you've done when you're trying to work out how to craft an email that's you know maybe a bit of a sensitive topic your your internal voice is either saying well you've dealt with that perfectly reasonably or I think you dealt with that quite well but I think a lot of people's internal voice is saying oh I don't think they like that <laughs> oh I'm, oh, I'm not, not sure yeah. <laughs> they might they might think you're not doing the right thing now they you know you've got to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and you've got to be kind to yourself so I would encourage people to find out more about emotional intelligence we, we do a, a, um, a session for all of our staff on how to develop it because it's important for success but it's also really important for well-being as well yeah no so that's really that's a good point i've actually didn't think about that as a aspect emotional intelligence i have to find a book on it i think i've got one i'll lend it to you (laughs) that's good to know i didn't even know that was well obviously yeah you know but i didn't really think about it at that point of view um i guess this is probably the last question but obviously if you listen to previous podcasts you might know what it is um, you know, you walk, you're walking down the street, your 10 year old self comes running up to you, um, asking you all these things, but you're only allowed to tell them one thing. Uh, what would it be? Oh my gosh, I hadn't heard you ask anybody <laughs> this question. It's always at the end, though, people switch off, I think, towards the end of the last question. Yeah, I usually listen to you whilst I'm walking my dog, and it's usually been difficult by that point. Um, I think I'd just tell myself to believe in myself, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, being confident in yourself generates com- confidence in people around you, in you. So mm. it's just such a, it's just such a, you know, it's just such a cycle that if you feel confident in yourself, other people go, oh, this person knows what they're talking yeah. about. I'm, I'm interested, and then you work with them better. So the result is better, and then you're more confident, and then they're more confident in you. So yeah, I would just say, you know, because I haven't always been this confident, you know, it's come over time, it's come over me managing my internal voice and what I tell myself. Um, So yeah, as a 10 year old, you know, I I would have had a number of years of not being confident ahead of me. And I would would probably just say, be confident because you're gonna be able to do something really special and you're gonna do something where not only will you be happy, but you'll be able to help other people as well. Perfect answer. Thank you very much. No, I really appreciate you taking your time out your very busy schedule to do this uh, podcast. I'm sure people will get a lot of uh, you know help and advice out of it. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah, I just encourage people to think about Leeds Beckett marketing yeah. as a career, <laughs> yeah. very often recruiting. <laughs> thank you. Amazing. See you later. Bye.